Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the spirit of Christmas that stirs our souls and speaks to our spirits. Thank you for your word that reminds us of the miracle of this season and the preciousness of your love. Lord, as we come to hear your word, we come with burdens and hurts, pains and grief, recognizing that you enter the world to help us carry those, to offer release and the hope. So Lord, this morning, once again, we turn to you. I pray it's you that is felt and experienced. It's your word, your voice that is heard. In your name we pray. Amen. So have you begun to watch any Christmas movies yet? Anybody? I think when exams uh, are over in our house and Susan has a few days off, the Christmas movies come out and the marathons start. It's a wonderful time, even on the TV, of seeing those, uh, those I guess, children's-oriented ones of Frosty and the Grinch and Charlie Brown and then Miracle and 34th Street. And, of course, you can't beat It's a Wonderful Life. What are some of your favorite Christmas movies? <laughs> Home Alone. I won't repeat that one. So, say that again. I, I, excellent. <clears throat> the star. Others. We can name many of our favorite Christmas movies. It seems some channels run the same movie over and over on Christmas Eve, and other channels run different movies. But they're like the same movie over and over. Hallmark, anyone? <clears throat> I heard a tweet this week that was shared at our staff gathering. It referenced watching a Hallmark movie backwards. Listen to this. A woman in an ugly Christmas sweater dumps her loser small town boyfriend to pursue a law career in New York City where she lives happily ever after in pencil skirts and amazing shoes. The title from today's message and our series that we have been sharing is Room with a View, and the focus is on love. Now, when I heard this title, I knew that it was a movie title, but I didn't know anything about it, and I can't recommend it because I haven't seen it, but I share with you a synopsis. It's a British love story of a young English woman who is touring Italy and meets a charming and free-spirited George Emerson. She's intrigued by George, but once she's back in England, she ponders settling down with a wealthy suitor. But George reappears, and the young woman must decide between him and the English suitor. This season of Advent that we are in confronts us once again with our loyalties. Will we follow Jesus? Or the world? 
Whom do we love more? Whom do we love more? In today's scripture, we hear of no greater love song than from Mary herself, proclaiming the good news of the one who will be born from her womb. I invite you to follow me in our scripture today that comes from the Gospel of Luke. It's chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. Verses 39 through 56. Online, please get your Bibles if they're available here, those that you've brought with you, your devices, or the red Bibles that are available in your pews before you. Let us turn together to Luke chapter 1, verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. In verse 46, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Earlier in this service, we heard the words shared from the prophet Micah. These words that we just heard from Luke are Mary almost appear that Mary has become a prophet, or at least her words are prophetic. I've never thought about Mary in the role of a prophet before. What view? What view does Mary give us into the room, into the kingdom that God is building? What happens? if we take up residence in that building? Does it matter what state of repair or disrepair we might be in? Our worship series has been focusing on housing the holy, the place that Jesus is born. We see that this room, this place in which a baby is born is quite unusual. But here's the truth. The birth was going to happen no matter what, no matter where. 
God is birthing and building in the most unlikely of places. What might God be building? What is God building in the midst of us that for whatever reason we're failing to see or recognize or affirm? God is building a room for the holy to reside and he invites us to have a seat at the table. Have you made room? Have you made room for him? Have you invited God to fill those lonely and frightened and darkened spaces with hope, peace, joy, and love? Micah talks about the labor it takes to give birth. Mary talks about what will happen in this birthing of a new world through Jesus. We learn from Micah that Bethlehem is not well recognized or respected. It's a suburb of Jerusalem. It's not one of those classy suburbs either. But this is the very place that God is working. In the midst of vulnerable and disregarded places, God is bringing forth a Savior. God is preparing for us and others salvation in a place we would disregard or avoid. It's there. It's there amidst God's vulnerable people that God's greatest work is about to unfold. So it's in this very place of vulnerability of labor when one can do nothing but what their body tells them to do that God is alive, that God is active, and that God is in control. We make out this to be a hard passage. But the choice is plain. God or the world? What's love got to do with it? Absolutely everything. God's grace and Mary's humility moves her to praise. What's happening in this text is not so much about her, Mary, but it's about what's happening inside of her, recognizing that God is bringing new life into the lowest places of earth. God is working and planting new seeds that we often forget to stop and see, even though they are sometimes down inside of us. Even if we can't hear the singer sing her song or understand or remember all her words, we're moved by Mary's vulnerability and Mary's joy all expressed at the same time. We want to see what's happening. We want to experience it for ourselves. And don't forget that Mary's singing with Jesus in her womb. Now, music's supposed to be good for babies. Our children received that when Susan was pregnant, and I know many women who are pregnant often play music to their child. I wonder what Jesus felt 
when Mary sang this Magnificat. Um, we also hear Elizabeth in the scripture before Mary's words. That it's almost like she sings this song of blessing to Mary and to her child within. Now, I don't claim to know much about singing, and I'm grateful for those who lead and offer your talents together. My understanding is that muscle tone is necessary for one to sing from deep inside. Mary is building her strength in preparation for labor and the gut-wrenching future that will be experienced with her child growing up and letting him go. When we sing, when we proclaim these words like Mary does, our strength for labor is increased as we seek to make the world a better place. God provides the strength that we didn't know we had. Now there's the debate going on on what actually makes a movie a Christmas movie. Any diehard fans out there? I know, we, we had this talk. Is the movie set during the Christmas season or include a typical Christmas figure? Does it have a Christmas tree in it or do they sing Christmas carols? Was it released at Christmas but has nothing to do with Christmas? Some of you are having to keep you know, quiet. <clears throat> but there's one thing that there's no debate of at Christmas. There's no debate of God's love for us. Mary gave us a room with a view that through her words and the birth of Jesus to come, we see an expression of that love. For her, for the future of the people of Israel, and for our future too. May what we do at and through Emmanuel give people a view of that God is with us. And may we make room for that love, no matter what season we or they might be in. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.